welcome to the Everything EC podcast. I am your host, Carla Ward, and joining me today on the podcast is fellow Wonderled educator and home child care provider, Shirley Rempel. Shirley will be sharing insight into the world of home child care. Welcome to the show, Shirley. Thank you, Carla. I am so excited to have you on, but before we dive into learning about home childcare and how to actually run a home childcare, tell us about yourself, your journey as an educator, and how you got to where you are today. I have been an early childcare educator for almost 25 years, and I started in daycare. I worked in several different daycares in Manitoba and in Alberta. I am my mom of two teenage daughters and married 25 years. Congratulations. Thank you. That is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we just celebrated in November and our my daughters are 14 and 16. Yes, living the life of two teens. <laughs> it's exhausting, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, there are days and one learning to drive, so that's even more interesting. No kidding. I started in daycare like I said and then in 2009 started my family childcare program. Amazing. And what was the push to starting a family childcare program? Honestly, the biggest was financial. It was a way that I didn't want to have to spend the money, most of my paycheck at that time on childcare fees. And I wanted to be able to stay home with my children and still use my education, my training and my passion. And I can completely understand that. And I think that's how so many home childcares do start because we want to educate children. We don't want to give that up because that's what we went into. But why would you put your children in childcare, spend your entire paycheck on it while you're teaching other people in your program? So it's, I'm sure many people can relate to that and especially at home childcare providers. That's awesome. So how did you start? Like, how did you go about getting clients, setting up your space? How did that all transpire? Um, Well, out here in Alberta, we have day home agencies that are uh, licensed through the government of Alberta, and then they contract educators to open their, we call them family day homes, and they help us set up. We do inspections, like they'll do an initial inspection to see the layout of our home and what we need to change if we have to add anything for safety's sake, or, you know, if we have enough materials and toys and that kind of thing for the children. They make sure that we have our first aid and CPR and criminal record checks and all of that kind of stuff. And then once we're set up, they may help us find clients, but just like any other business, that's part of our responsibility too. But they do, you know, if they have a family can contact them, they'll contact us, that type of thing. But yeah, I just started because I had the experience of working in a daycare previous, I knew a lot of, you know, how to set up and how to, you know do those things, what kind of materials I needed. And back then I was still part of the old school theme-based teacher-directed Me too, my friend. Yes, me too. That's how I started out, (laughs) monthly themes. And it took a couple of years before I kind of got into the, I actually started with Fairy Dust and watching Sally and learning from Sally and learning about loose parts play and it would have been about 2012 that I started bringing those, the Reggio Amelia approach in and changing to a more child-led approach. And that I was like, so yeah, yeah, I can life-changing. so relate. And I would say probably around the same time for me. I mean, I started out as a theme-based teacher in 2005 and 
that's what we did. You had your yep. boxes and you had your week and you knew what you were doing. You were doing pirates this week and pumpkins next week. And that's what we did back in the Whether day. Whether the children wanted to or not. And you pre-planned for a whole year. <laughs> yeah. We used to alternate between year one and year two because we would have children, the same children two years at a yes. time. So one year would be this, this set of plans and the other year would be the second set of plans and then it would just repeat. And yep. it was very easy, but it certainly was not child-led by no, any No, not at all. <laughs> and I think, you know, the biggest thing I have to get used to from having been in child or daycare previously was mixed age groupings. Yes. Where, you know, because all six children are different ages or similar ages, but in daycare, they were segregated. So you would have eight children, six or eight children, but they'd all be two, all be under two or school age or whatever. And so that took a little bit of getting used to, but I wouldn't do it any other way now to see the benefits of it. Is oh, interesting. Can you speak yeah. to that? Cause I would love yeah. to know, I, I've never done the mixed age grouping. I really love it. I like to see how the youngers learn from the older children, especially when siblings are here. Like right now I have a set of siblings and it's really neat to see the dynamic between them and how they relate to each other, but how they relate to others, like Amazing. share each other, right? You know, I used to have a set of siblings that initially when they started with me, they did not like having to share each other, oh, other children. And there was a lot of jealousy, but as the days went on, they, you know, saw that the other, other children weren't enemies. <laughs> they, they could play just fine. And, you know, they weren't going to hurt their sibling or they weren't going to, you know, that sort of thing. But I just see the, um, the older children almost gain leadership. I could totally you know, understand that. They show the younger children, you know, this is what we do. There's no reason to be sad about something or whatever. This is just this is what we do. And absolutely modeling. Yep. Perfect word for it. And what is the age groups that you have? Like what's your youngest to your oldest right now? My youngest are two. I have two, okay. two-year-olds, a three-year-old, a four-year-old and two five-year-olds. Oh, that is a big range when in there. So but I little. do, I am able to get a take from, for me personally, just because of uh space sake, I only take 12 months and older up to 12 years. So okay. this summer, I will have two school ages joining us for the summer where, and my two five-year-olds will be moving on because okay. they start grade one in the fall, but the two school ages are the siblings of the, of the four-year-old. Oh, wow. So that will be fun to have them back. I've had that family for eight years. And that is one of the biggest benefits of family childcare is the long relationship, especially if there is siblings, you know, after you know, time, mom has another baby and, you know, they might leave for a little bit, but then come back. That relationship Definitely. is so important and, oh, and absolutely. so there, right? In family. And childcare. you see that in, you see that in daycares, but it's not the same level. I saw parents that had babies and brought them after Matt leave was over and that sort of thing, but it wasn't the same relationship. I think you're much closer in a family childcare setting. Because yeah. especially long-term, you learn what's going on in their lives. You learn the good stuff. You learn the bad stuff. You, you don't always become friends necessarily, but you do build a good relationship. Absolutely. Well, it's like 
a different kind of family. It's almost like extended mm. family. What's the maximum of children you can have in your program at one time? Six. Six. I mean, yeah. when I was teaching preschool, I had 24 families. Yeah. You can't form that relationship with 24 no, individual families compared to a family of six or yeah. six families. Yeah. And actually for me right now, it's only, it's four families because I have the siblings, right? So it's even smaller as far as the family units. That's so special. Oh, that's wonderful. And I've had them for such a long time. One of my five-year-olds is leaving in at the end of June. I've had him in my care since he was 12 months old, you know? So, and one of my school agers, she is going to be nine this spring and she's been in my care since she was eight months. So I've really gotten to know, you know, build that relationship with the family. I don't see her as often anymore, right? Because she's in school, but we still have mom lets me know all the time, you know, when, when she comes, this is what she wants to do. And this is what she's into right now. So can you, you know, add that kind of stuff and that's awesome. And that leads to the next question. Like you're saying with the nine-year-old, she wants to do this kind of stuff. How do you create invitations of play when you do have a range of two-year-olds to five-year-olds and sometimes nine-year-olds, how do your invitations change developmentally? Creatively. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Yes. Larger. For me, most of my program is loose parts. Love that. So I'm very, very aware of the size of things right? Because of mouthing children, uh, children who want to put things in their mouth all the time, or, you know, I have one with special needs. So I have to keep that into consideration because that child does like to mouth, even though they're technically older and typically wouldn't mouth, but does. So I, yeah, I think about all those things and uh, adapt, you know, what a great word. I think yeah. that's basically our motto as early childhood educators anyways, is adapt. Is adapt. Yeah. And I find that in family child care, I feel like there's more flexibility to do that. Yeah. You don't have that flexibility in a larger center-based program. And I can understand that fully. I mean, one, smaller numbers. Yes. And so you don't need as much of some materials. Yeah. And I think some centers have definitely caught on. I mean, I know certainly the center I worked at last, we embraced loose parts in a big way, but it takes time to build your loose parts collection. And so in a childcare center, that's going to take time to, you know, get everybody on board, get 24 preschoolers on board because 24 preschoolers learning about loose parts is something else. But it's really interesting to me to see those older toddlers and young preschoolers use them when they've never used them before. They know how to use them instinctively almost, you know, over the years, I'm sure you've seen it too. When you worked in, in centers, a block was a phone or whatever, you know, cars Mm. were whatever. Right. So they were doing that before we didn't have to teach them that they could use a block, you know, put it up to your ear and use it as a phone. Oh, hundred percent. And we should never assume because they always surprise us, right? They've always, always surprised us with what they've come up with when we supplied the materials that are open-ended. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Loose parts. 
100%. And I think you're on the right track. Absolutely. As long as you watch the size, you can't go yeah. wrong because no. if the five-year-old can make it what's developmentally right for them versus the two-year-old who's going to make it developmentally right for them. And that's the beauty of loose parts. Yes. It's going to be used however. I will use it differently than you would. Yes, exactly. Than a five-year-old than the two-year-old. Like, Absolutely. you know, and nothing to experiences. Not wrong. There's no wrong way to use a loose part. And I, I, it took me a while to get that mindset of loose parts, as opposed to the dollhouse that it was just a dollhouse or, you know, whatever it is. And to get out of that, having to set up the environment with a theme. Yes. You know, I just remember from my day, daycare days that the entire room looked like an apple tree blew up because it was apple week. <laughs> That was me. Oh, yes. You know? Oh, my gosh. I so 100% relate. But that's how we were trained. Absolutely. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it like you. I think deep down, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, you oh, know, no. I loved but it. <laughs> I, I mean, and I loved it. I loved the planning part of it. And yes. doing. The, I mean, at the beginning, I didn't have the internet quite like what I have now. And the resources weren't there online. Oh. Like, you know, everybody had the giant book of circle time or that. <laughs> Pinterest wasn't a thing. No. Right? Like, no, oh my gosh. And so by the how time many Pinterest of us came around, right? Stack the file folder games and. Full confession, I still do. I just cannot <laughs> bring myself to get rid of it. But now, like when I was teaching, I would just leave it out and then the children yeah. could use it as they saw fit. And that's sometimes where our interests came from because, yeah, totally. you know, they'd flip to something there. But, oh my gosh, yes, we used to, my themes were just, my type A personality went all out for themes. So yes, transitioning to play like was you. a transition. I did enjoy it, but I think there was that little voice in my head near the time that I went to family childcare that. I knew things were switching and developing. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sure you can relate. Once you go play, you can't go back. Oh gosh. No, no. Yeah. I just, it's one of the things it's, I was saying this to somebody the other day, you wonder what took you so long once you're in. Yes, totally. Yeah. Every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have children in your home every day, Monday to Friday, right? Yes. Yep. From so, about 6.15 to sometimes 6 o'clock. Yeah. That's a long... It's a very long day. day. Yeah. Oh and anywhere gosh. in between. Most of the time on average, I'm working about 10 and a half hours. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long. It's, so I'm very grateful for nap time. <laughs> no kidding. So tell me about like how your day goes in terms of your time. Like when do you eat lunch? I tend to eat with the children. I really enjoy the family style eating yes. and sitting with the, with the children and even having them involved. Of course, through COVID, that was a little limited or completely limited, but I'm very glad to have gone well, back to that. And I used to bake all the time with the children. And now doing that again, we bake our, our muffins for snack or our waffles or, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, I'll eat with them most of the time. If, uh, you know, just depends on how busy lunch is. And it's usually the busiest part of, course. of the day. Oh my gosh. Yes, and, I bet. Yeah, no, I sit with them and we'll talk or I'll read books to them while they're eating because it tends to help them. Yeah. 
you know, they enjoy it. They ask for it. So, That's you know, awesome. yeah, I find that reading to them at lunchtime, especially keeps them calm to go into that. It's almost like a transitional time to that nap time. And, you know, they're, I mean, they still talk and chatter and that's all good. We talk about the morning or we talk, what about, you know, um, often we'll talk about the two older children will talk to me about kindergarten the day before what they did or what they did on the weekend or Christmas. We're still singing jingle bells. I love that. (laughs) So, you know, but yeah, during nap time is when I'll do a lot of my documentation or any kind of paperwork that needs to get done or, you know, clean the kitchen or do a quick wipe down of the bathroom. What do you do if you're sick? Like if you wake up sick, what happens on those days? Cause it's not like childcare where I can just call my supervisor and say, I'm so sorry, I'm sick. And they get a supply teacher in. What typically happens if I know I need to close, I will contact the agency that I'm with because I'm with a licensed agency, as I said previously, and they will try as hard as they can to find a backup home for the children to go to who need it. Not all of them will need it. A lot of my families don't. They just make it work with grandparents or family friend or one of the parents may stay home from work or whatever. But thankfully, that doesn't happen very often. Knock on wood. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. And most of the time, it's been very rare that I've had to do it in the morning. Thankfully, if I'm feeling ill, um, I did have a situation last fall where I ended up testing positive for COVID Oh dear! in the middle of the morning while everybody was here and uh, didn't, thankfully I did not have to close because everybody had been exposed. We figured, exactly. you know, there was no point in closing. The parents had a choice whether they wanted to of pick course. up, you know, but in that case, we didn't have to. I did have COVID the year before. And in that case, I did because of the rules at the time, the restrict or uh, the isolation rules were different here. But typically, I've been lucky that I could give some notice. It's more like the night before I'm feeling run down. And yeah, I just know I'm not going to be effective. Absolutely. And I mean, that is you the know? benefit of the low numbers, because in your case, you're only contacting four families. Yes. So that, and again, when you form that relationship, I'm sure most of them, I hope are very understanding if, when you do contact them, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Usually. And I mean, and most of the time, those really last minute, like first thing in the morning have been because my own children are sick and out in Alberta, if at the time previous to COVID, our regulation was your own children under the age of 12 were considered in the numbers of six. Right. So now they are no longer, they've switched that, which doesn't affect me because my children are older now, but, um, it does, you know, even at eight or nine or 10, though, my children were able, I could still be open because they weren't sick enough that I had to be with them constantly. Yes. Right. To stay home with a cold. I could just keep them in the rooms kind of isolated, you know, yeah. check on them every whatever but it didn't affect working. That's amazing. So that was nice. Yeah, that Absolutely. was nice. Well, if they're throwing it's... up everywhere or, you know, other kind of symptoms that, that they really need mom, you know, yeah. that's different than I have had those. But yeah, thankfully ha- being a licensed program, I have that ability to, to have a backup. Cool. 
backup home if the parents choose to use it. Yeah, absolutely. And then even when nobody is sick, how are how do you balance? And I might be asking a loaded question because you might not. <laughs> how do you balance home life and work life when work is at home? Hmm. Not always very well, I will <laughs> say. However, I bring COVID up just because through COVID, I learned a lot of new ways to do that balance. During the first year of COVID, I homeschooled my youngest and ran the program, which was very difficult. Uh, I did end up with burnout. And it was because of that, that I made a lot of changes. What I do now is the biggest thing. I, I'm very adamant about my own self-care with my family and saying, I need this time just on my own. Don't, don't talk to me for an hour or whatever it is. You know, I utilize the nap time right now, all of my children nap, which is fabulous. So I will do PD or I'll do my paperwork or some of my, as I mentioned, I'm on the provincial childcare association board. So if I have work for them to do or for Wonderled training certification, I will do that through nap time so that my evenings are freer. Good. I'm learning, learned the hard way, but I'm learning (laughs) still to say no to things. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. Not always very well. But it's a journey, right, Marla? Isn't it just? <laughs> yes. And you think we would learn after all these years. I but know. no, I always want to say yes. I'm a yes person. But me I too. forget that I have a family that needs me. I have to be at 100% for my work, you know? And if I do too much, then I'm not giving, I don't have enough to give to all of those parts. Yeah. And uh, the biggest thing, too, is just, trying to plug in exercise, getting enough sleep, water, that kind of stuff. I find that really helps. And I can totally tell when I'm not doing those things. I'm also relate. diabetic. So that I have to keep those things up. Yes. Right. In order to be the best for all of those, for that balance. Absolutely. You're making it work. <laughs> One yes, day at I, a time. Most days. And I mean, you and I know just from our, our Wonderled training, how important that balance is. Absolutely. And I mean, you've nailed it on the head. I mean, I'm also a yes person and it's, I think we are now learning that how special those yeses are. We have to reserve them for the yeses we actually want, because if we keep saying yes to everything, when an awesome opportunity comes up, we don't have the actual time to say yes to what we want to do because we've said yeses to so many things out of obligation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know it well. Yes, I'm sure you do. (laughs) I think we're all in that limbo. And I will say this is something that did come out of COVID was we all really had to check in with ourselves. Oh, 100%. And I know just hindsight being what it is, Mm -hmm. I didn't do it well previous to COVID. I'm getting there. I'm not 100%, but I'm getting, I'm way better than I was. And yeah. And that's what matters, right? Forward is forward. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That is awesome. Now, if you were to maybe load, asking another loaded question, if you were to change anything about the, how you started your home childcare, is there anything like that you would do differently? You want to change in the future advice for people looking to start their own home childcare? Lots of advice. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of advice. I think 
I would, the, ni the, the nice thing with my situation and being with an agency is they have their policies, right? So I don't, know, I don't only have provincial licensing that I have to follow, but I have policies from the agency and my own personal policies. Biggest thing is sticking to those policies, not letting a family talk you out of a sick policy or talk you out of, oh, well, they can stay 15 minutes late. No, they can't. <laughs> like, this is a policy. Yes. It's there for a reason. We might not, all, I might not always like the policies, but it's there. And this is what it is. Another big piece of advice is not to take things personally. Ooh, it was just so hard. Even now, you know, almost yeah. 25 years as an educator. And I still, it's very hard not to take things personally. Oh, especially <laughs> I'm sure when people are in your home. Yes. And because they see me with my own children or my husband or whatever, and how I interact with them sometimes might not be the same way they do right? Mm -hmm. And they may say something or just, just that look, right? <laughs> we all know yes. it. We've all seen it. <laughs> they don't have to verbalize anything. You know that they don't agree with what you've just said or done or, and it doesn't make what you've done bad. No. But you just, just know, you, oh, you yeah. just see the disapproval. There's a good word, the disapproval, right? <laughs> so not yeah. to take things personally. And I've said this all along to people over the years that have asked me that same question, but only in the last probably three years have I really done it for myself. And that is the self-care part. Absolutely. Right. We you know, to really take time for yourself and as much as possible, don't do evening work. Like don't take home. It's hard not to, because you're in your own home you're yes. in that's your workplace mine is up you know I use my whole house so it's day home in the living room it's day home, you know it's day home downstairs um most of my space is downstairs so I like to hide things as more than I used to as far as having toys upstairs they're mm -hmm. in baskets where I can't see them at the end of you know I just have to put that little basket away and I don't see the toys kind of thing but oh, yes. yeah, making time, there's going to be inevitable things that I have to do in the evening. If I have a workshop to go to or a zoom to do, or, you know, that kind of thing. But generally speaking, especially now that my kids are older and have more events in the evening and to make sure I keep those evenings free. Totally understand that for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I, when COVID happened, I moved my whole business online in my home Yeah, and I made sure that I moved it to the room with the door so yes. that at the end I could shut the door, Just shut the door and walk away. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And another, a big one for just starting out. Don't think you need everything all at once. That's a you will build tip. your, you will build your supply of toys. Like have the basics for sure, but don't think you have to spend thousands and thousands and thousands right off the hop. Cause you don't absolutely. And you know, you know what I gave this advice to somebody the other day is if you can't afford blocks, boxes work just as well. Oh yes. Yeah. And stores yep. are more than happy. I was saying when I first uh, started a kindergarten program, Starbucks was more than happy to give me their boxes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sure. absolutely do not. Yes. And you want to invest. Utilize stores yes. because I know like my husband, 
works for a home, a home hardware out our way. And he will bring me home discontinued tile samples or discontinued floor samples. Like ask. The worst they're going to say is no, because sometimes they can't give those things away, just depending on the yep. company or whatever. But ask, you know, and that's a great way to build up loose parts, but just general things. Oh, yeah. You know, and people love children. I oh, once yeah. walked up to an uh, arborist, a tree cutter. Oh, yes. Yep. Well, Friday afternoon said, like, would you mind cutting me some like tree logs? Bless him. He sliced me dist. He like oh. sliced them different height. I was able to have a bunch of stools that were tree logs in my classroom rather than chairs. It was oh, the coolest that's awesome. thing. Oh yes. People love helping children. And oh yes. It, it's and just one of the like, best feelings. Use social media. Oh yes. Ask your neighbors, ask your parents, ask like your clients, your families. Yeah. They're all, all of us are downsizing right? We're always yep. purging things. We're always trying to get rid of things. Donations are fabulous. It doesn't mm. have to cost a huge amount of money to start out. No, especially and if you have, if you have friends and family with children slightly older than what you're going to have getting those clothes, like spare clothes or oh, spare yes. boots or spare jackets that you can store. That's a great way to do it. Or your own kids clothes as they grow out keep a couple pairs of little girl leggings or little boy sweatpants, you know? Yeah. Or like those big t-shirts. Like they're so yep. great to just throw on big t-shirts when you're doing messy play. Yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And don't be afraid of mess. You yes. can't. No, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Not in childcare. <laughs> Never. In mess childcare. is inevitable. <laughs> it's going to happen. Embrace Absolutely. it. hundred percent. Oh, surely this was so great. I mean, I've always thought that eventually that will be a route I go down. I look at my two bedroom apartment and think it's not going to happen, but maybe one day when I have a maybe house, one day. maybe one day, because working with children is just so rewarding and being able to do it with children at home, even more so. Yeah. I always said I was going to do this until my children were in school full time. And my oldest will, will be starting grade 12 in September. So <laughs> apparently I'm doing it a little longer than I initially anticipated, but it's all you, good. I love it. There you go. And you just, you meant post-secondary school or, you know, yeah. like you just meant a different type of school. That's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't mean kindergarten, did I? Exactly. Now, Shirley, I know that you're very active on social media. Where yes. can somebody find you, learn more about you, join any groups you might run? Uh, well, I run the, it's called Alberta Early Childhood Learning Network on Facebook. I'll send you the link and then you can. Perfect. I'll put it on it. our show notes. Yes, absolutely. I'm on Instagram and I do have a business page for my own family childcare program. If people want to follow that, I can share that with you as well. I share all, a lot of our activities, articles, photos. Yes. I love the setup of your childcare because you can see the loose parts. You can see yes. them in action, which is, it's so nice to talk about it, but so great to get that visual. Yes. And I post right here, mostly Instagram. I've been using Instagram a lot more, but I do too. post on the business page too. Awesome. So, yes. Perfect. Well, hopefully people will reach out and connect and hopefully we will have more childcare providers jumping on the home childcare train. Thank you.